This is 69 The Podcast. I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people, and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 Podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful-looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. If a company wants to hang its business hat on the proposition that it's very good at visualizing real-time data to screens, it helps to have a big, very familiar client that heavily uses that sort of thing. A small New York City startup called Zynage has that in the New York Stock Exchange, providing and maintaining a platform that shows the numbers and trends that are charting on screens around the hyperkinetic trading floor in Wall Street. The company grew out of an NYU media lab and spent its first few years working mostly behind the curtains, developing signage and data handling capabilities to software firms and end-user clients. But a few years ago, the company made the decision to develop a brand and start selling its data-centric capabilities directly to end-users. I had a great chat with Alec Epstein, the CEO and founder of the company, about how it got started, where it's heading, who it all serves, and how there can be a huge gulf between software shops that can take a number from a shared data table somewhere and running mission-critical, hyper-secure visualizations on a stock exchange floor. Alex, thank you for joining me. Can you give me a rundown on what Zynage is all about, uh, how they started, and how long you've been around? Absolutely. Um, thank you for having me, Dave. Uh, Zynage started in 2009, formally, and we started at um, the NYU um, incubator uh, while I was doing my graduate work at the Media Lab. Uh, in NYU, and uh, suffice it to say, the, the the company was more interesting the, than the graduate work. So uh, <laughs> I sort of continued that, even though I'm, I'm from the East Coast and this doesn't typically happen. <laughs> it kind of happened here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we initially, conceptually, we were we were going to get into the digital out of home space, and we were going to build an auction backend that people can bid for spots on digital signs. So kind of a slightly novel idea especially in digital signage, mm-hmm. uh, we couldn't do a, a, a big enough raise. And then we found a number of these sort of uh, remnant advertising platforms coming into the market, like Groupinet and Adcentricity, if you recall those, those things uh, back in the day. Yep. And we decided, hey, you know, since I have a pretty good uh, um, a little black book of, um, of sort of enterprise clients, let's, you know, and we built the platform to about 50%. At that point, you know, in mid mid to end of uh, 2009, let's try our hand at you know some enterprise folks. And what ended up happening is you know a trajectory that that basically um, pushed us for about eight years, which is uh, a very we, we we built a middleware and a toolkit, essentially our own toolkit that uh, enabled us to build um, very quickly. Um, CMSs and player builds and anything related to that, data bindings uh, for, for third-party systems like CRM systems and uh, CRP systems or, you know, a variety of backends, essentially, 
And we, we essentially entered an OEM space. So we built products for other companies. Uh, some of them were large, some of them were small. Um, we had um, a tremendous amount of NDAs and non-competes, as you can imagine. <laughs> so uh, these companies would not like you to advertise your own stuff while we were building it for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, typically we would have maybe one or two of these customers at the same time. From 2009 to about 2017, maybe a little bit later even, we, we basically did work for third parties and we built a lot of different solutions. Um, and around 2018, uh, we decided that we were going to attempt to productize. So um, uh, that means, you know, essentially build, build our own front-facing, you know, Become a brand, basically. A Become CMS a brand, brand, indeed, indeed, and 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 move away, I guess, from a pure sort of a project solution. Uh, even though you know we have we had a product in there, but it was a product for us, not so much mm-hmm. for that end customer. Uh, and 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 sort of get into the into the market, and 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 so we did. And um, in the meanwhile, we had two direct customers during almost all this time. I would say uh, so. NYU was one. So mm-hmm. we had a number of schools at NYU that that. Uh, we were able to pitch uh, and uh, successfully uh, had running. So uh, NYU um, Law School, NYU Engineering School, where I was a student, um, and then uh, NYSE. So NYSE, uh, we initially partnered with Thomson Reuters. So Thomson Reuters did the data uh, and the whole app, most of the application stack actually. You know, and we what we provided is a device management. Uh, uh, framework and and uh, sort of advanced players to run uh, the WebGL and, and all the other things that they needed to run for the New York Stock Exchange. So this was still under the uh, NYC Euronext regime. You know, uh, okay. it's, it since has been bought by the Intercontinental Exchange. Yeah, I'm not sure if you know. In uh, about twenty about twenty seventeen, and um, so in twenty seventeen, which was a formative uh, year for us, as I mentioned. Um, NYC under the new ownership came to us and said, look, you know, Thomson Reuters is relatively expensive and essentially they're reselling our, us their data. Uh, how about you guys take on their responsibility? You got nine months, replicate, and you get, you know, this support contract that basically you can take over for them, uh, you know, at, at, you know at, at a discount for them, but, you know, it was a nice uh, option for us. So... We, we took on the challenge. So uh, because we were able, you know, in, this, in these intermittent years, uh, we built up so much experience and uh, know-how to deal with uh, live, uh, well, real-time sources, real-time data sources, and uh, WebGL specifically um, to, make, to make things pretty bulletproof, uh, whereas perhaps some other uh, HTML5 technology that, that is fairly you know, popular in digital signage, I would say, mm-hmm. um, is maybe not as um, robust or maybe not as performant, you know. So we we sort of took the, the that toolkit and applied it to to uh, to taking over essentially at the New York Stock Exchange and taking the contract over, and uh, successfully we did that. So at the New York Stock Exchange today, they're actually running two separate solutions from us. There they have our a more more standard on-prem solution for Zcast. That's their marketing group. And then we have a much more customized, almost like an OEM version for their trading uh, real-time data, which are, which are now classed as a number of uh, financial data widgets. 
So, so if I'm at the uh, NYIC and I'm looking down on the floor or I'm walking around the floor with all the guys with the funny jackets and everything, uh, those various dashboard screens that I see with all the pricing indicators and everything else, that's all being driven by you? That is correct. So every, okay. everything essentially above the workstation level, right? Everything uh-huh. above the, the trader level uh, is, is if, you, if you just look up above, you know, 5'8 five, five <laughs> from the ground, a five foot eight, uh, you're basically looking at our solution. Uh, okay. So that includes it, it, it actually is is a full gamut of our of our capabilities. We have synchronized video, we have uh, obviously real-time widgets for uh, for financial data consumption, charting uh, types of things, uh, um, uh, a lot of different ticker technologies that we've uh, that you know we've custom built, and we also they use some of our generic ones. And um, and uh, a streaming. So they have a, you know, the only other sort of um, company that uh, works with us at the, on the site is High Vision. So they provide the backend system and, and uh, supplementary streaming solution. So we consume right. their feeds. We, we also video, feed them. A video distribution company. That's right. So we're, we're actually partnered with them. So yeah. um, uh, they're one of our uh, partners in the, in the space. Uh, we like working with them. A nice Canadian company <laughs> to say the least. Uh, and um, I know some of the original uh, folks that sort of constituted uh, uh, the company, both on the cool sign side, if you remember. Yeah. That company. Yeah. I remember they bought cool sign. Yeah. So uh, Lou Jack Malone and his folks. And then uh, on the video furnace side, you had uh, those folks as well. But mm-hmm. Hydrogen is, is more, is much more than the sum of its parts, obviously. And, and it's right. pretty tremendously through the years. So we, we really like working with this must have been a really big holy shit moment for for you guys when you got that deal because that's it's not like winning you know a hundred location QSR chain or something. This is the New York Stock Exchange. It, <laughs> you know, it, it's, is, it is. It's on TV every day and uh, you know endless photos and everything else, and it's mission critical. Like you 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 can't say oh we're we're just doing a software update. Uh, we'll be back in ten minutes. Indeed, indeed. And the escalations we get are, are pretty hardcore. You know, we have just a few minutes to really get things going. And uh, philosophically, we we try to sort of blend uh, some some aspect of redundancy with, with a lot of resiliency. Because redundancy itself, you know, as, as some folks who deal with these sorts of mission-critical uh, situations, you know, it could itself present its own set of problems, right? So you want the system, the platform itself, to be as, as uh, resilient or high availability as possible. Use a term out of the server space. So yeah, it was it was a it was a huge thing for us, and um, it ultimately, you know, we 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 sort of specialized in a lot of uh, financial financial services or and non I would say non retail banking as a more generic category mm-hmm. or, or vertical is is an area we we do very well in, and we we work with some some integrators in the space that are are known for it as well. Uh, in terms of channel, but uh, and and currently our CTO is actually the the chief architect of the Thomson Reuters solution. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, Steve McCoy came on board uh, with us uh, a year ago, a year and a half ago, um, as a full time. He he was a consultant for many years after uh, Thomson Reuters got out of the customization space, and uh, he worked with us for a long time. And then finally, our CTO uh, left to do some other stuff and. Uh, Steve came on board, so he, we're 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 very well positioned for the for this type of um, uh, work. To say. 
So for your company, uh, if, if you were had to do a, uh, an elevator pitch saying what all you do, what, what, what do you rattle off for them? I think what we would do is sort of, uh, as you mentioned, mission critical type of um, usages, whichever vertical, right? We've done things with SCADA. We've done things in transportation that I wish I was at liberty to say, maybe soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it doesn't have to be just be financial data. It could be sports you know, uh, feeds. It could be, uh, it could be uh, building services, you know, things of that sort that are critical for, for the use case. Uh, mm-hmm. That's one of our uh, specialty points. The other is, I would say, um, we're, while we're very happy uh, to have relationships with a number of hardware companies, you know, uh, Brightsign, uh, LG, Hyvision, as I mentioned, uh, Immersive is another, uh, Kramer is, is another, but um, we still have uh, uh, really some high-end hardware that we, we feel. So what we do is uh, for very demanding applications, not necessarily mission-critical ones, but those, those overlap, obviously, we provide a full-stack solution, you know, and these players, you know, they... We're getting into the realm of you know show control type of players, you know, like really beefy with, with, with really uh, you know professional level graphics and, and capabilities. Um, so we do sell those; those are fully our stack. Um, and this way, we can guarantee basically the the solution, right? As right. opposed to um, you know having having us do a certain portion, system integrated to another, uh, and so forth. Uh, the last thing I would say is. We still support some level of OEM work. Uh, we, we currently have two customers that we, we work with. Our platform, uh, sorry, our, our business model changed a bit uh, in the last three years of supporting them. So we moved, we have, we have our standard SaaS business. Uh, and in some cases, we modified for on-prem. Uh, so it's already flexible. But we also have a platform as a service uh, offering to, to really support those those um, OEM customers. Right. So it's a, it's, uh, in volume, a lot less expensive, mm-hmm. uh, very scalable, um, and I would say those are the those are the things that that really make us stand out. Uh, it's it's real time data, data visualization, uh, full stack solution with hardware to do you know very difficult things uh, often, and finally you know uh, configuration where people assume a real you know uh, ad hoc customization. You know it, there's right. there's a, there's an assumption there, right that you know, it's it's you're doing something very bespoke, and the assumption there it's going to be cr- insanely expensive and take a long time to build. That's true. If if you haven't built you know two dozen variants of it, and you have a toolkit to basically assemble it from parts, like a Lego set, so that, that's right. where we're pretty close to being at. And I, I would assume that your calling card when you go in to talk to opportunities. When you can say, yeah, we do the New York Stock Exchange, we do all the data handling on that, and uh, you can imagine it's it's more than a little bit secure and, and mission critically oriented. I, I, I suspect that makes uh, the, the target customers feel pretty comfy. It does. It does. And even before them, it makes uh, consultants who, who, who put us on the bid lists and and uh, generally are interested in finding uh, parties that can actually fulfill the scope, um, call us, right? So we right. we don't really advertise much and, and uh, that's gonna change, I think, maybe next year. Um, we're gonna do maybe a marketing splash at some point uh, next year. Right now it's all word of mouth. 
Um, and uh, we do get a lot of calls. There's a lot of projects we actually pass on because they're not in um, our sweet spot and they, they're, they're uh, distractions, but the projects that we do take on are, are often, you know, difficult. You know, we, we even yeah. do work in retail, as, as I mentioned to you, you know, uh, before, before we started. And the types of deals we take in retail are always really heavy data integration, uh, visualization, like what we do for legends, um, like MLB store experience um, uh, uh, here in New York City or the Illuminary mm -hmm. uh, in Vegas at the moment. Uh, those are very automated workflows, right? There's there's almost no humans involved. Uh, where the humans are, are involved are basically special events, you know, and then the system essentially corrects for automation again. Hi, I'm Jeremy Gavin, CEO of ScreenFeed. Now, I'm not put off by the fact that you're not listening to this podcast to hear me. Just like audiences to any digital signage, you give your attention to content you find interesting or helpful. That's where my company ScreenFeed comes in. Our sole mission is to make your digital signage network more valuable by making content that is more valuable to your audience. If you'd like to drive more attention to your screens, visit ScreenFeed.com to explore the 75-plus content options we've created to do just that. And then give us a call. Now, back to the podcast. I've been writing about data visualization for, oh God, six, seven years now. Mm. And um, when I started writing about it, it was pretty rare. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and beyond, you know, like FIDS uh, displays and things like that. Sure, sure. But it, it's it's now pretty standard. I'm, I'm curious because you guys are obviously super deep and experienced in that area. When you see all the other companies, uh, your, your software competitors saying, yeah, we do real-time data. We can do uh, real-time data handling. We can integrate. We have APIs and this and that. Uh, how do you when you get into a conversation with a prospect, how do you distinguish what you do versus uh, other companies who say, yeah, well, we, we do all that too, because I, I suspect it's different. It is. It is. One of the first things we, we sort of put on the table um, is that we can, we can mostly guarantee a resolution time SLA. Nobody else can, pretty much. Most people will give you a very aggressive, maybe uh, uh, pick up the phone and, and work the problem, but you know, the way that our stuff is built, we, we can fix the problem. We can guarantee fixing a problem within a certain period of time. Now, it's not inexpensive sometimes. It's, 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 it's actually affordable uh, for a lot of types of businesses where, where a fully custom solution would not be. Mm -hmm. that's, that's one. The other one is most data visualization uh, takes a lot of shortcuts. You know, uh, it... It really leverages, you know, uh, not to get too deep in technical unless you want me to, you know, basically JavaScript and, and, and CSS, right? Uh, the, the sort of the, the mainstay of HTML5. Uh, mm -hmm. What we, all of our data visualizations are built in WebGL. They're made, it's, it's like a difference between driving a, a car on the road and, and driving a, a, a bullet train on tracks, right? Uh, uh -huh. There's no interruptions to the bullet train. It'll just go and it'll be on schedule. There's no interruptions. There's no jitter. There's no movement. It's that sort of paradigm. So we, we like to guarantee behavior of our data visualization, especially dynamic, like charting or graphing libraries that we, we, we sort of use and, 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 and implement. Uh, it's, it's actually extremely difficult to build something that you would think is easy, like a ticker. Like uh, I'm sure you, you've seen your or a crawler. Whatever, whatever data that's feeding it, right? It, yeah, we, we've both probably seen a lot of a lot of instances where it stutters. It it, it sort of 
you know, it has problems, it doesn't refresh on time and, and doesn't deal well with different fonts and, and whatnot. That's just not true of our solution. You know, our solution is, is uh, I would say, cutting edge on, 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 uh, on dynamic data visualization. Yeah, so for, for an end user or for uh, an integrator, th they have to kind of educate themselves that uh, just because a company says they can do real-time data doesn't mean they can really do it. That means they might be able to show, a, you know, re reflect a number that's in a data table and, and show it on a screen. And that's, that's quite a bit different from what you're talking about. It, it is. The, 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 maybe the third uh, aspect to this is that most of the companies we work with already have accounts with the big data warehouse places like Refinitiv, uh, formerly Thomson Reuters, like uh, um, uh, the New York Stock Exchange's sister company, IDS, right? Um, used to be called uh, IDC out of Boston until acquired, mm -hmm. uh, and, and a number of others, right? We, we work we work with a, uh, quite a few. So we already, we already are super familiar with uh, these backends. In fact, we have things that monitor the APIs. We do this routinely, uh, generally. We, we really do a lot of monitoring of, of uh, real-time or, or, or just dynamic sources, right? So this is a, a huge value add in the industry, and I wish more, more providers would do that because ultimately, if you are a data-fed uh, platform, it's up to you to tell the customer if something's failing on the back end because right. they won't know. They'll, they'll, they'll assume all sorts of things but you need to critically have the, the tools inside to, to tell what's going on. And if, and, and if you build it out in a smart way, you can also alert the right people at the right time uh, that something's happening and, and please look into it. So you can be proactive about it too. So that, that's maybe the third item that I would, I would think of. And, and they also change uh, like the, the schemas and everything else without kind of telling people, right? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But it's, it's a super exciting space. You know, it's like, once you once you have the core technology sort of built out, you could really do a lot, you know, in terms of you know consuming this kind of data. And I think generally, you know, signage. I mean, I might be the, you know, we're 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 sort of in a in a slightly privileged position regarding this, but I think there there's a, a move in the industry uh, towards generative and procedural content uh, away from more codec heavy content. Although you know, there's obviously going to be overlap for many many years of both. You know, we, we kind of, we, we, we certainly support codec playback in a variety of ways, synchronized, you know, on different players and so forth. And there's nice innovation like AV1 coming onto the market uh, nowadays. Uh, but uh, you could do so much more with, with generative dynamic content. You know, it's, 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 it's a big difference, especially for enterprises that, um, for instance, you know, we, we had a client wanted us to expose much more of the controllability of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a layout, you know, standard design tool inside of our, our platform. Now, typically, we would not want to do that because there's some nice tools on the market like Premiere, like After Effects, you know, real mm -hmm. tools that we generally use. The problem that, that certain customers, power users, I would say, are solving is they don't want to have to, to export uh, you know, an After Effects uh, file and have it encoded in something. That's that's time. That's sometimes money because they do it externally. They don't have the render kit, you know, on prem or in the cloud. Uh, so what what we've done is 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 basically have a a simpler version of something like uh, Adobe Premiere or After Effects that lets them make quick changes in some in some keyframing or some some uh, transitionary effects, 
mm-hmm. and they don't have to rebake the whole thing into a codec, right? So that that seemed to to really uh, um, resonate with certain power users that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it generally it's it, you know it, directionally it's 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 sort of the area that that we'd like to innovate in. Right. Is it important to uh, make a distinction between uh, generative data for business applications and generative data for artwork? Because uh, I, I see a lot of video walls out there that are, you know, they're set and forget. They're they're driven by generative data, and it and it's just this, these abstract visuals that swirl and kind of bloom and everything else. That's very different from, I think, what you're talking about, which is what you see on the screen in terms of charting or or what appears is based on what the data is influencing. It's it's shaping what appears. That's correct. So um, a lot of general data is is canned, right? It's almost like a video, basically. Uh, And and some expert, you know, some design shop typically would would, uh, change it for you. And it becomes evergreen content, you know, day yeah. two, day three, and day four. What we try to do is something a little bit different. And we have some design, you know, we, we work with some really nice design companies as well. So just, just to be completely clear, we don't do the design ourselves. We typically right. either partner with uh, with a company that, that's really good at it. Sometimes the company brings us into the opportunity, right? The consultant can also spec, spec us to partner with somebody. Or the end client may have relationships with companies that do this very well. But the, I would say the the formulation, you know, the recipe for this kind of thing uh, to make it dynamic is is a few things. So, and that's where where this sort of generative content becomes more like a signage uh, type of problem as opposed to something that, that you know you could hire a design house to basically pre-build for you. Right. Uh, one is that you can update content. You can you can update content. Even if the filters or the, the generative piece is is uh, running separately, right. you, you might be able to in CMS have the tools to change the the, the, the filters or the generative portion, just as uh, as I explained in, in um, uh, prior. And finally, you have you have you have uh, essentially trigger conditions. They're not you know we do mostly narrow casting, right? We don't we you know there's some great companies in the space. Um, I recently presented with uh, Jeff from Nabori. They, I think they're 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 very good at that kind of stuff. They do, they do, um, they do a lot of uh, smart uh, sort of uh, interactive signage. Mm-hmm. We do a little bit of that, but uh, we mostly do narrow casting. So in our world, trigger conditions come from some sort of backend system. It could be a calendaring system. It could be uh, something smarter. Right where where it's uh, it's not just a boolean condition. It could be a multivariable that, that basically has to uh, click off a list of things that can happen, um, and that's that's really where where we can add a lot of value and and and, and it overlaps with with the kind of work we do at the New York Stock Exchange. We we generally term it as business logic. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. that terminology before. Yeah. Uh, so we we really do some smart business logic. Um, and uh, I think it's it's actually there's a lot of growth in that area once we apply you know uh, modern uh, sort of machine learning to it to make it to make it sort of extensible even further. But uh, with with that kind of approach, you you have an ability to modify uh, a piece of um, content continuously, right? It's a living it's a living gen- piece of generative content, even mm-hmm. if it's not 
dynamically fed like like uh, with with uh, financial data sources, you know, or, or sports data sources. I haven't seen your user experience, but I'm 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 guessing people listening to this are thinking this is really interesting, but I'd be terrified to try to use this software. So, it, it, <laughs> what's so it actually like? Sometimes you're not going to be terrified because we're we're one of the sort of proponents of nearly or fully automated systems. So often what we do is for non-power users is give give act you know uh, build out to the to the uh, software that that our customers use right and then everything is is essentially this this business logic that i'm describing to you it's okay it's so it's kind of like a headless cms it's like a headless cms for for the non power users or the gotcha. power users that really like their tools like adobe or yeah. you could use a dropbox or or some sort of hot folder mechanism uh, we're also partnered with a number of dam solutions right we, you know th there's a lot of workflow that happens in the digital asset life. management solutions yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, including tag-based workflows, we do a lot of tag-based workflows nowadays. You know, where we where we consume the tags uh, that are uh, are done in a dam, right? And uh, and essentially, we they find their way onto the right players at the right time. Uh, and on this, on the flip side, we do we do have, I would say, a standard suite. It's actually going through um, a major uh, overhaul uh, end of the year. Uh, what we call Zcash six uh, from mm -hmm. this Zcash 4 to Zcash 6. And it does have a number of these power tools. Uh, but our CMS generally follows a certain idea. Um, it, was, it was popular for a while, and it's hard to execute unless you have our kinds of customers, which is what we call an additive, additive UX. So <clears throat> it's the opposite of something like Microsoft Office, right? Where you have a billion features and, and you mm -hmm. know, people have to, there's a long learning curve if you want to learn everything. What we do is really try to identify the user story be behind what, what needs to be done. We create the access controls that, that really expose certain parts of the CMS and, and even within the same context, you know, uh, add or remove tools as needed. So uh, that creates uh, a situation where, where there's almost, you know, really, really minimal training. You know, I, I think one of the biggest problems we're trying to solve for, for our direct customers, you know, or channel customers, is the attrition that that um, that happens in major uh, sort of enterprises uh, uh, for users of, of digital signage, right? Like one of the biggest problems we face, even in, in huge banks, is the fact that you know digital signage is, is consigned to to a webmaster, you know, uh, sort of subcategory. Like they, they manage yeah. the, the CMS that that's publishing on their portal, and then you know somebody in that team or a few people in that team handle the digital signage as well. So. That's that's historically been a problem for our whole industry, and what and, and what we're trying to tackle is kind of remove both the friction of adoption and and also try to try to give the tools that they that they need, and if they use tools, bridge those tools. Right. That, that's our philosophy on that end. Okay. So how what's the structure of your company? Are you, are you a private company? We are a private company. We're an LLC in New York. Um, and uh, we're we're about twenty people. Okay. Most of our development used to take place until very recently in Kharkov, Ukraine. Uh, mm. One of my partners and I are from from there originally. Oh, gee. Um, okay. So as as is topical in the news, unfortunately, you know. Yeah. Forget about forget about our our team. You know, the fact is Kharkov is in, was was. You know, unfortunately, mostly destroyed, and uh, well, partially destroyed at least. Jeez. Uh, 
So uh, luckily, a lot of a lot of the folks that you know we would use uh, uh, are in the western part of the Ukraine now, so we continue to use them, but not everybody, unfortunately. Yeah, so you're having to manage your way through that along with other we things, did. right? We did. We did. And they're very talented folks, very talented folks. We did, we work on so many projects together. Yeah. It's interesting. I was talking, uh, trading, uh, LinkedIn messages with uh, another company and he, he was talking about, uh, operating out of Odessa and they're still mm-hmm. like opening QSRs and things like that and putting in menu, menu boards and Good for them. Uh, that's, that's exactly what they should do. Yeah. And I was thinking, boy, uh, you know, with the, all the other challenges you have out there, like supply chain and everything else, uh, to, you know, layer in a hot war on top of that. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Good Lord. Um, you know, our, our problems are, are very small compared to the real problems uh, in, in the Ukraine and the world. But, uh, you know, it's it's a small world. You, 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 you sort of face these things as, as they come. Uh-huh. Well, hopefully somehow or other it gets resolved. I'm not quite sure how, but... Uh... Man. Um, all right. So th- this was great. Uh, can you let people know where they can find your company online? Sure. It's uh, Zynich, Z-I-N-G-A-G-E.com. So Zynich with a Z on the front. Correct. Uh, the last word in Zynich. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, all right. That's, that's where you can find me. You can find me on LinkedIn. Alex Epstein or Epstein and uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, that's where mostly we do we do our uh, sort of uh, minimum branding that we do do. All right, but uh, we'll be looking for more later in the year, right? Absolutely, yes. We're uh, we're excited to to make some announcements in the transportation space, uh, some more in the financial industry, and some more in retail. So th- those are the three sandboxes we we work in. All right, well, great to hear it's going well for you. Thanks so much for spending the time with me. Thank you, Dave. Uh, my pleasure. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 169 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 169 is not a press release republishing mill like a lot of the stuff out there. If something makes it on 169, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 169 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible, and the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at screenfeed.com. 169, the blog and the podcast, are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage, for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house, located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia, on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.